Bad at Parties is sponsored by Abbey Art Seattle and the Ballard Homestead, music, arts, and community events for people of all ages and incomes. With reoccurring events including the Moth Story Slam, Cathedrals, and The Round, there's always an event when you're in Seattle. Check out Abbey Art's online calendar for intimate performances by many of the artists featured on Bad at Parties. Learn more about this nonprofit organization and how you can attend, volunteer, and host events at fremontabbey.org. Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. This week, Ryan Williams of the band The Native Sibling made the great sacrifice of joining me in the studio in the middle of July without any AC just to be bad at parties. Ryan is such a fantastic singer and songwriter, and if you want proof, check out The Native Sibling's recent video of their song Cold Wind, which will be on their upcoming sophomore album. Or, if you're in Seattle, check them out at the Fremont Abbey on August 17th. As for me, I'll be playing at The Hall in Anacortes, Washington with bears and other carnivores and the band Clone Wolf on August 10th. Okay, those are the plugs, so let's do this. Ryan Williams. That was yeah. nice um, complimentary action. That was good. That was really good. We both took our chairs and we scooted them in simultaneously. Is this close enough, do you think? Mm-hmm. You know that thing where, like, yeah, you're fine. You know that thing where, like, you take a drink and everybody else at the table immediately takes a drink as well? The yawn effect. Yeah, the yawn effect. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, I love shit like that. I it's think great. it's super, super funny. Aware people. Yes. I think it's aware people. I think that there is... There's some magic to it. There's maybe a little bit of... Or unaware people. Right. That are just literally doing... That are just on autopilot. Yeah, it's just mirror neurons that are firing. But that's probably what evolved you to the point where you got to be in a group of people like that. Because you're like, oh, I'm so good at doing the things that people around me do. Which is like, people like shit like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what... Yeah. And what, what is being displayed as acceptable behavior in this group is what I am doing without right. thinking about it. Right, I'm just yeah. I'm just doing this thing naturally. So we get along. Yeah, yeah, we get along. Yeah. Uh, shown, obviously, until I called it out. Now we're going right. to be self-conscious about doing things at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, cool, well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Totally, Thanks for man. doing this. This is yeah. just hanging out stuff. Great. Um, if there's a bunch of background noise, it's going to be because the window's open, because cool. it's really, really hot. Yeah, and, it's warm. Um, that's cool. That's just yeah. life. That's part of it. Um, so yeah, you were just talking before we started about like high school, which is what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so I looked through your guys' bio because I was like, I know like, I know you and like. Oh, band bio. Yeah. Your band bio. Because I'd never looked at that before. I was like, oh yeah, they've got like literally like when they're going somewhere, when you're, when you guys as a band are showing up somewhere, there's like, this is the description of what we do. And I was just like, oh yeah, that's like what people would normally do. But is that online? I, yeah. You've got oh. your, on like your uh, website. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know it went into that much detail actually. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I was like. It's pretty good. Well, it, no, what it talked about, <laughs> like literally I was like, oh, you used to be a, Ryan used to be a session guitar musician. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. No, oh, great. Let's talk about it. Look, that's a fact. Yeah. I learned a thing. Or let's you, not talk about it. Or Either way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can. I That was totally like one of those funny things where, you know, we've hung out a bit, but yeah. I just had never thought, who thinks to ask that? 
No. Or, like, how do you get to that unless you're kind of being like, right. oh, here's some braggies. Used to be a session musician. It was a while ago now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that was... was mentioning, like, prior to the album release, which was in mm-hmm. 2014. Mm-hmm. So when were you doing that? So I moved to L.A. to go to college in 2009. And I was in college there for a year and a half. It was a two-year program for mm-hmm. music, but it it was a year and a half because you took no summer break. Nice. And so... And that's cheaper. Right after that, so 2011, I guess, I started doing that. Nice. Yeah. So I just did the classic L.A. cattle call yeah. guitar auditions. Really? Yeah. What is that like? I don't, I don't really know what that's like at all. Um, like, they're okay. like, hey, there's a there's this thing. We put out, like, a Craigslist ad or something like that. It's not quite like that, but it's really... It's close. So yeah. what happens is you basically get to know all these managers in L.A. Mm. and audition companies. Sure. And so, um, for example, like, one audition I did was for Selena Gomez when she released her record at that time. Sure. And so... She needed a bass player and a guitar player. Right. So I actually tried out for both. Didn't get it. Right. But, Bummer. Um, yeah, so there was like 150 people that show up for of this course. thing at a huge um, studio in L.A., like SIR or somewhere over in the Valley. Sure. And so she already had a drummer. She's there. And so you're basically just playing with her and her drummer, and mm-hmm. you're playing four songs or three songs that sure. you memorized. Yep. For the first time. So, but with other people that have never played it before. So it never sounds good. It never sounds good. And also, like, is it the typical audition scenario where it's just a waiting room packed with people? Uh You can hear the last band You're standing in the hallway, basically watching everyone get really nervous before they go in there. And can you, are you hearing them like, oh, that wasn't very good. And then they come out and walk by you and you're like, good. good The worst, the worst part is, it's like, it's not. It's not up to Selena or whoever it is, really, on who gets picked. Because hmm. it's controlled it's by all marketing. Her, all her management yeah. and label. And, so there's, behind glass is like 10 people that are just staring at you the entire time. You can time. see them. Mm-hmm. It's better than like a big mirror that yeah. you're like pretty sure yeah. there's like some overlord in there just being like, this will be for Selena. Or like their parents will be there to... Right. And you get no, she, you just literally walk in the room, plug in. And just start playing. There's no time. Because they have to do so many people. It'll be like three days. That's so awful. Like, I imagine that's probably, from a musician who's doing that as, like, the the quote-unquote talent. And they're, like, getting people playing through. Like, what an exhausting day to, like, carry the emotions of all these nervous people walking into a room. Yeah. And, like, doing better or worse with you. And, like, you just being like, "I I just can't pour out to any of these people. It's got to be like working in like, it's got to be like working in a hospital or something. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to completely say like, I know exactly how much emotion to give. Because you can't shut off. You have to be present. You have to give something. Right. But you also know exactly how much you're going to give. And then as soon as it passes that threshold, just nope. Yeah. I don't go there. Because the artist is always there or usually there. And if... No, you don't want everyone walking out of the audition like, oh, someone's an asshole. No. Because that spreads around town oh, so fast. So. totally. Because that's yeah. the same people. Like, <laughs> yeah. as much as that's a huge pool, it's also a very small network. And that, I mean, yeah. I know that from the Seattle scene, which is an yeah. ever-growing population right now. I remember, like, 
I feel like 10 years ago, the music scene here was just this tiny thing. You know one person, you know basically everyone. Yeah. And now it feels like there are so many new acts. There are so many new musicians starting up. and, and It's crazy. Down. It's wild. I walk by the tractor or something, and there's a band I've never heard of that's from here that has... And they're not like an old Seattle band. They're no. like a, a band from last month that just moved here, and there's a line out the door. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's a great town to be in. Yeah. I mean, you guys have had a, a good amount of success, like coming out of here, like playing Seattle shows, like when I've been at shows with you. Yeah, like it's when been we good. Did, when we've done the round together, when yeah. um, like I've come out to like shows that you guys are playing. Like It feels yeah. like it's fun. And it feels yeah, like a, a bunch time. of, yeah, it feels yeah. like a lot of people are there to see you. Yeah. Seattle's a little tricky, though, because a lot of the venues are 21 and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've Almost noticed all. when we play all-ages shows, there's twice as many people there, hmm. which is cool. That yeah. There's people that are younger that aren't just listening to EDM. Right. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> just <Cheers. laughs> my My good friend and drummer in my band, Aaron, um, he recently told me that it's not EDM that, that he's into. It's like an offshoot of that that's like something like... Of course like, it is. Like yeah. Future Bass, I think is what it's called, and that's what he really likes. Future Bass. Future Bass. Great band name. It's a great band name. It's a yeah. whole style of music that's like the more... And I've listened to this, and I'm like, okay, that's not how. That's not just EDM. That's like intricate and nuanced, and it's going to have like a structure to it, even when it's live. Huh. Whereas EDM often to me feels like... EDM is electronic like jam bands. Like yeah. EDM is modern day Dave Matthews to me. Or Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Or like a 19-year-old headlining yeah. the Key Arena, and all he does is push space bar. Oh, my God. I went to Bumbershoot a few years ago, and that's basically what happened. No. There was so many great, great bands all day. Yeah. Local, international, everywhere. And the headliner was 19. And I'm pretty sure he just pushed space bar. Really? But there was great lights and lasers. <laughs> And you're so exhausted and dehydrated from drinking beer and walking around all day that it was pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And also, I think there's a piece of, well, you wrote it, you played it at one point, probably. Probably. You probably played at least most of it. What's weird is there was people singing on all of his songs, but no one was there singing it. Did he sing? No. He didn't even have a microphone. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, a band that I'm really into right now that... I'm trying to decide how I feel about this. I Have you listened to the band The Japanese House? No. Okay. There's this band, The Japanese House. A girl who's the, or a woman who's the front person for this is really talented, very young, um, great singer. Um, and she's got kind of this Imogen Heap thing going. Cool. Where she is actually using um, the same tool that Imogen Heap was using for her stuff. But Imogen Heap was doing, like, I'm playing the keyboard, and it's taking my voice and mapping the harmonies to these keys yeah and she is playing electric guitar so she's using like the automated okay harmonies and it still sounds really cool is but that like justin's vernon justin vernon is using these sometimes keys? yes it's a it's actually a really common tool but it's so cool like it sounds awesome it sounds really really awesome oh i can't remember what it is i think it's like voice live three or something like that it's like an 800 oh, dollar like a... pedal Oh, it's a pedal. It's a pedal. Oh, cool. Yeah. I thought you, it was like software. It's it's software. You can get the software for a computer, okay. but they make a, a pedal version so that that way you can use it while you're doing your instruments and you can oh. loop 
as well with that's it. That's so fun. And you and it's like integrates like it has like a oh what's it called that thing when you um you have like your voice and your guitar mixed together so that you talk box. Talk box. They've yeah. got like talk box effects yeah. and things like that. That's cool. super super cool. I like that. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, but at the same time, it's still one of those things like you know you you look at that and you're like, "Ah, oh, that's so much technology to make that." But any music that you're really digging into, at some point, someone thought that about every instrument you use. Like, the electric guitar, they're like, oh, that's just simplifying the acoustic guitar that's making it so... Or the keyboard <laughs> is just like... Oh, you mean like the hesitation to do something Right, new. with a newer technology yeah. because it's a simplification or it can be. Or it's an automated tool. Right, there's some automation to it. Yeah. But then there's those people who take it, like Imogen Heap, like Japanese House, like... Uh, all you the, still have to have good songs. Right. And I think that's, yeah, mm -hmm. that's the underlying current of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't Which matter are, if it's an electric guitar, acoustic guitar. Totally. Pound it on your legs. Yeah. It's still got to be you got to do something with it. you yeah. got to know how to use that tool. Like, it's a big tool. Yeah. You could make a lot of shit with that tool. Or you could make something really, really cool. Right. Yeah. We were talking the other day when we went out to get beers, and you had talked about how you've been really digging into your acoustic, like, more than anything else. Like, you're, like... Yeah, that's what I play primarily. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like just because there isn't all that complexness of here's all these technologies, like, there's all these different settings mm. and things like that, is it because it's stripped and simple? Uh, I think it's just, more or less, it's just the easiest thing to pick up. Sure. So, yeah. But I don't shy away from gear either. Um, I do play electric guitar now when we play live, yeah. and still a relatively simple setup, just a couple pedals and a small amp, but I, yeah, it's not that I'm, like, not into gear and technology or anything like that. Right. I'm not a purist, no. I guess. I mean, the robots will kill us one yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. But. Which is fine. Which is totally fine. Yeah. Like, they earned it. We'll put up a good fight. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm not putting up that much of a fight. I'm pretty weak. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, the acoustic for me, I just like the way it sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seems to be this huge shift right now where people are getting away from it. Hmm. And I think we have to a certain extent. Um, but I still like the way it sounds more than most electric guitar, especially if you're just playing by yourself. Hmm. I was listening to the your tracks from like when you put out the last album in 2014. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the stuff, you just had that recent video... Um, Skin and Bones, is that right? Um, that's a song of ours, yeah. Is that, but that has the video that you guys put out pretty recently? Wasn't that pretty? Um, the most recent video we put out was a song called Cold Wind. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. That okay. was you guys just sitting together in a field. Yep. yep. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. That is the one I was thinking mm -hmm. of. All yeah. right. That was in Austin. Nice. And I, I was thinking that I feel like it sounds like kind of the next level up, but it feels still very much like these are still the same songs. Mm -hmm. Or the same style, and it has kind of that truth still ringing through it that is kind of the same as, like, oh, yeah, pick up the the acoustic guitar. People are changing their sound. People are kind of going with the trends, and it feels like you're saying, no, I've got a good sense of, of what I'm doing. I'm going to be consistent. Sure. That's yeah. what I feel. Yeah. I like That's it. cool. I yeah. like coming off like that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're doing it. Yeah, I just try not to overthink it too much. I, I, I don't know. Nice. Especially when we're recording, like, this last time around and stuff, too. Like, the the acoustic guitar wasn't meant for some of the songs. Hmm. Um, 
some of the songs are more piano driven. Some of the songs are on acoustic, but a lot of them are on electric too. But even the electric tone we got and stuff and sounds we were going for aren't fully electric. Mm. There's only a couple songs that really have like just an acoustic or just a electric guitar going right. through an amp. Right. Usually there's a lot of room sound of the strings and all that too. Mm. I really I'm really nerding on that hybrid mm-hmm. right now. Like playing arch tops guitars, electric guitars that have some <clears throat> acoustic volume mm-hmm. and miking that. Yeah. But also putting an amp in the same room on the other side of the room and just letting the ghost in the machine run. Oh, absolutely. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. I really like like getting multiple amps and then multiple mics one not even in the room getting those kind of different perspectives and then just like that i think is one of my favorite sounds is in listening to the mixing process is just like specifically guitar mixing drums is a nightmare to me but mixing guitar sounds really really great yeah are you a mixer No, no but um we did the last album our our electric guitarist aaron he mixed oh, the cool. album and then we did it collaboratively like he spent probably like three times as much time on it as we did but we did oh. a lot of it just kind of in-house together did you feel like mixing with a group of people was good for the project um yeah i don't think it was a lot of like ooh, everybody has all these opinions and we're fighting together on it it was more like okay this is Brian, our bass player's part. Mm-hmm. He's in there. He has the first say. We're hanging out. We're playing stupid games on our phones with the sound off and like yeah. listening to it in the background. And Brian and Aaron are talking back and forth about what they're hearing and like, oh, is this good? Does that sound cool? And then Brian looks over at um, our drummer, Aaron. He's like, hey, is that matching up? Is that what you're playing on the kick drum? And Aaron like picks it and he's like, no, it's, it's more like right here. And he's like, oh, so, okay. So we need to make sure that that like low end is emphasized so that it matches in with it because it's like a okay. little like, hey, I thought we were doing this, but I'm hearing this. Can yeah. you listen to your part in comparison to mine and make sure, is that right? Because I, I feel like it's funny. So like listening to things like, what were you going for right there? Um, that was, <laughs> isn't it great how the studio just calls out all your dude? Yeah. Well, it was one of those things. I won't get too deep into it, but we had been recording with somebody. I think I talked about this with you. You told me about this yeah, a, while, yeah. a while ago. Though. Yeah. yeah. And, and like everything is kind of resolved since then. We have a rebuilt the relationship with this person, but who, when we originally recorded it, there was some issues around mixing that. And so we like yeah. had a great time recording it. And then we started mixing with that same person. We needed to end that relationship and take over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would totally record with this person again. I think that they're fantastic. Um, they're a great engineer. It just, for some, whatever reason, that moment in time, it wasn't right. Sometimes it just doesn't click. Yeah, sometimes Which, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and that's that's, that's so nothing fair. wrong with them. That's nothing wrong with us. So fair. So it was kind of one of those, like, when I say, what were you doing right there? It's because it was looking back. What were you doing there nine months ago when we recorded this? That's like, tough. It was a lot of space and time between that. Do you, do you find that your ears get tired? Mm. Totally. When They're you, a muscle. Yeah. But, I mean, like, in, in I guess I sh- that's kind of broad, but I, I should. <laughs> of this, of this conversation, fucking yes. Yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> I was okay. like, Andy, you invited me here. Yeah. Um, it, so you got you said you're sitting in the studio while while other people are working on the tracks. I'm assuming you're just hearing. You said you're hearing the music in the background. Right. Probably pretty loud. People are tracking. Mm-hmm. 
Do you feel like you have you you get way too close to it by sitting in the room like that? I'll walk out sometimes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely keep track of myself, especially mm-hmm. if I know that I've got something that I need to perform. Yeah. Coming up, then I'm going to say, okay, that's happening in about 20, 30 minutes. Time for me to leave for a little bit, go drink some water, walk around outside, kind of just equilibrium. Yeah. I'm not the type of person that likes to, like, sit and be quiet and read a book before I do something. I'm like a, give me a task, give me something to fidget with. I like getting the, like, blood flowing. I'll yeah. do, like, some jumping jacks or oh, something, you know? Absolutely. Go walk around the building. Yeah. I, I hate recording sitting down. Like, if there's one thing I hate, it's... Really? Yes. I want to be standing. I want to be able to kind of, in between phrases or something like that, move around a little bit. Singing or playing guitar? Singing, definitely. Singing, you have to stand. Absolutely. I mean, but like... Unless you're in the deftones and you do it like... Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but like, uh, even guitar, if it's electric, if I'm doing off the amp, then I vastly prefer to stand. Oh, I've never really tried electric guitar standing. Really? Well, not in this band. I mean, not at... I mean, because... Acoustic, I love sitting. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to sit. Uh, I don't... I never perform sitting down, if I can help it. Like... We played the round together, and I yeah. have to sit at the round, because yeah. that's a rule. But I I hate playing sitting down. It's so I difficult. feel awkward sometimes when I stand. Yeah? Yeah. Depending on the show. If the room's really small, I love a good stool. Mm-hmm. I can a medium height stool. Feels so much more comfortable, especially if people are sitting on the ground. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't feel like that's that's kind of a, am I going to put the importance of me standing, because that's what I want to do, over the importance of connecting in this moment and saying like, okay, let's get on, let me get on your level. Yeah. No, not like you, I, obviously I'm probably going to be a little bit taller than you in a performance sense. So that way the, someone in the back of the room can see. Yeah. But yeah. you're going to sit down. So I'll sit down. Yeah. There's kind well. of a happy medium there. I think. Yeah. There's, it's, you've got to kind of come to where people are at. Yeah. Or, or closer. That's one of my pet peeves standing in a small room, like a so far sounds show mm. or something. hundred people or less. You're yeah. going to, small room standing maybe for like the last song i don't know like Mm -hmm. if it builds into something i'm down to like dish the but like starting out yes or and also the pa situation yep i hate pa how do you feel about pas at house shows (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) we've tried it and we've learned some of our first house shows we brought a pa and it was the biggest distraction you know, because you're just... It's putting a barrier between you yeah. and who you're performing for. Yeah, you're, I think i think the, the reason why we even have PAs in the first place has gotten lost sometimes. Absolutely. It's to make a space feel like that house show. Mm-hmm. So if you've already got that, why are you making that house show feel like an arena? Totally ruins it. Yeah. No one wants to be at the arena. That's no. why they have the PA. Yeah, and we're not a loud band. We don't have huge drums no and even even if when you're playing guitar like you're not breaking your picks on the strings like Mm -hmm. you're like you're creating an intimate space yeah 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 you're finger picking some of that stuff too definitely a lot yeah yeah Mm. i i think so i'm booking out these house shows right now i'm planning like a tiny tour which i've never toured before so it's a whole new i know it's a whole new venture for me yeah. Everything I've done has been here in Seattle or like little one-off, oh, I'll travel there. Down to Portland or somewhere. Exactly. Got it. Do those little things. This is the first time where I'm like, all right, I'm going to book out some shows because I've just never done this. I want to make it happen. Let's go for it. Um, 
And yeah, it's like looking at like, you know, those conversations with people like, oh, can we do like this thing? Can we can we get a PA? Can we can we go for all that stuff? And just yeah. Like, oh, that's right. Is it primarily house shows? I think that's what it's looking yeah. like right it's now. It's the best way to tour, unless mm-hmm. you want to do full band. Right, which this is very much a I've never toured. I would like to go play these places with the band, but our goal is not to um, to make this a living or to really generate any monetary gain from this. It's we really like playing. We want to play in these different places, um, and so by going and playing there, it's saying great, I've never played there before, like in, or at least I haven't played there in like five or six years, so uh-huh. let me go back there, play the songs that the band has played now, so when, in within the next year, we want to go there, yeah, we can play a venue and have somebody actually show up. All right, wait, the monetary thing, is that for just touring, or is it just the band in general? Um, I'm going to close this window, because there is like booming. Someone has a cannon outside. Right, someone got one of those new cannons. It's a yeah. tech company. It's a startup. It's called Canon. Yeah. Um, check them out. They're a sponsor of the show. Um, No, I think the monetary thing is um, if we make money, and we do make money, and we, but the point, everything we make, we just put back into the band. You guys are ballers, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like we need to, we don't, like, A, we don't need it. We all have full-time jobs, but B, we, like, prefer having that stability. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of comfort in that for all of us. Yep. Some, we all ha- some of us have houses, some of us are married. Um, Any kids? One kid. Yeah. So, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, Nora, she's great. Almost her second birthday. Wow. I know. Um, but, like, within that, like, we, our goal is not to, to get out on the road and be playing month-long tours. That doesn't work with our lifestyle. Yeah. We want to make sure that music and the best versions of the music that we want to be playing is part of the lifestyle we have now. Mm-hmm. But you and I, I think we talked about this, like the that one round where you were sick and I had to stand in for you. It was uh-huh. like a Christmas one. Yeah. And I started talking about this and you were like, what? What are you talking about? You don't, you don't want to go for it? And I think it was like you were... A six, so I don't. I think you kept on after me, like I, I can't talk. I shouldn't be talking right now. Oh. I'm gonna lose my voice. So I don't feel like the concept fully. I always lose action. my voice. That's my thing. Really? I hate that. That's my thing. But that's my thing. <laughs> Everybody's got a thing. Yeah. Mine is I lose the thing that I do that makes me money. Yeah. Yeah. Or th- that's my thing with the band, at least. Mm. I feel so bad canceling shows. I mean, we've only canceled a couple, mm-hmm. and they haven't been like. Well, I guess one was kind of big, but we weren't the headliner. Right. So, and it was local, so. Right. Was yeah. somebody able to pick that back up uh-huh. and make it still happen? Yeah, totally. Good. Yeah. Yeah, we always try and make it as right as possible. And right. there's so many people in town that would love to play that, shows. So. That's such a big thing as a musician. Yeah. If you have to cancel someone, replace yourself. Imagine you work at a coffee shop and you're having to not show up for a shift. Someone still has to work that shift. Yeah, totally. It's just... It's a musical act. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that there's... Um, I've had a few friends now get surgery for this thing in your throat. I don't think I have it, but it, it's made me think about it, and maybe I might go get checked out, but it's a, it's some part of your vocal cord or something that gets like a little growth on oh, it. Like, like vocal nodules? I'm not sure what that means. Oh, okay. Sounds cool, though. It's what you yeah. described. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've had friends that have dealt with that, yeah. and they've had to... 
get some surgery. Some of them were able to do some therapy. Whenever I get sick, I just immediately lose my voice. Mm. It's the first thing to go every time. I mean, it's a muscle. But I use it a lot. You use it a lot. I used to... I used to, when I was in college, I was, you know, then I was, like, quasi-touring, but not for my own stuff. I was touring as a promotional band for the university, and then I also was in my own band, and we were playing a bunch in Seattle. So it could be, like, two or three concerts, sometimes a week, a month. Yeah. So we were playing tons and tons and tons, and then I was also going to school for music, so every single day I was engaging in music at least for a couple hours. Yeah, you can lose your voice. Oh, so fast. When it's gone, it's just one of those things, like... Hard stop. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I just go home. Good. Or I just go on a long drive. That's exactly what you should do. Mm -hmm. The biggest mistake I ever made was, like, one time I was playing a show in Spokane, and I just was wanting to get pumped because I'd never done that, and so it was just like, I'm going to play, like, Taking Back Sunday and brand new and sing along the whole way, and it was just, like, (laughs) heavy and, like, screw you up, and I got there, and I was like, oh, no... I lost my voice on the drive here. That, that was so dumb. <laughs> like, it was just one of those, of course you did, you dummy. Do you have warm-up songs? Do you have warm-up songs? Um, like a song that stretches you out? No, I'll do, like, I'll do, like, vocal warm-ups. Oh, like more t- traditional? Mm-hmm. Because uh, that's what, okay. like, when I, I did voice lessons for a bit, and then I also did, like, choirs and things like that, and that always feels so familiar for me. To, like, know my baseline. I know, like, I do these exactly the same and have done them for years. So mm-hmm. when I do them in that setting, I can say, like, oh, my break's a little bit different than where I normally hear it in my voice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I personally really like it. It just that. keeps you in check. Right. But I think that the if someone has a warm-up song and they do it all the time, that's exactly the same. It's the same thing. Yeah. 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 Do you guys? Um, we have a few songs we warm up on, typically. Mm. We've noticed that warming up is so valuable that's the hardest thing about house shows mm-hmm. that i have found yeah is when you're playing like uh, a venue show you have a green room mm-hmm. usually somewhere in the back of the venue we can warm up play a song or two um but at house shows you get there you talk for an hour maybe yep. two hours yep you don't really get to warm up Unless you like go awkwardly in the bathroom or in someone's bedroom that yeah. you don't know. And, they, and everybody else in the house can totally hear you. Yeah, it ruins everything, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then and then after the show, you talk for another hour or two. Yeah, and people start serving drinks, and you're like, well, yeah. we're maybe sleeping here. Yeah. So are we going to just lay in bed and not be able to sleep and kill this party, or are we going to like hang out yeah. and have a couple? House shows are so tough for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've gotten, we've gotten better at booking house shows, and we kind of have, like, this little um, one-page kind of thing that just kind of explains what we do as a house show, mm-hmm. like, what we provide, what what the venue or, you know, the house owner yeah. should provide. Which is just, just to try and keep expectation it, setting. Expectations, yeah, because everyone has a different idea of what a house show is. Totally. They can be really great. Sometimes there's just really crucial things that get overlooked. Totally. I mean, can, and completely I'm, ruined. It's such a vulnerable show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and simple things as, as checking in with that house owner beforehand and being like, 
do you want people you don't know at this event mm-hmm. because it's your home or do you want to help us promote this to your friends so that that way we have a good audience still because yeah. we're driving out there some people want to just do 60 of their own friends yeah some people have four friends and they want and they so want many strangers a crazy house party yeah that can also work with yeah but then there's completely different expectations yeah of how do you manage that appropriately how do you mm-hmm. not get robbed you know yeah, totally <laughs> which is a real conversation yeah it really it's it, yeah it puts everyone that's performing or on the back end of it in a very vulnerable vulnerable position yep there's a lot of strangers in your house your door is open all night mm-hmm there's, yeah. if you share any walls, you're going to get noise complaints. Yep. Um, your if you toilet's outside, never been used yeah. that much before ever. Never so been experienced. plumbing it. is a huge issue. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I'll see so many people choose to be like, okay, let's go the route of outside, but then you lose so much control. Yeah. Outside is, most of the time outside is not good. No, I hate outdoor shows. Yeah. And realist people don't realize, most people don't realize what an audience looks like Mm -hmm. as far as number of people some people will literally go to a big show and be like yeah there's probably a couple hundred people there and there's a thousand Mm -hmm. but that i can i that's me you describe me right there like i am the person who picks up a a thing and i'm like that's probably like 20 pounds and people are like no it's like four pounds like okay well there's probably like ten thousand people here it's like there's like 10 people here like i have just no ability to like look at something and be like, this is the quantity just like off yeah. the top of my head. Yep. Yeah. Which is, yeah, another thing for the house shows. I mean, most, you're in a house. It's a small space and, and mm-hmm. people, you know, be like, yeah, let's have a hundred people. Mm-hmm. There's people outside the whole time. Absolutely. Like go to a, just if you want to book a house show, pick a venue that you think is small and just look up their specs. And just, like, they've (laughs) got it written out. This is our capacity. And if you've ever been to a sold-out show, you'll know exactly. You can be like, oh, that's Mm. what 300 people looks like. I thought that space was full of 100 people, but that was 300? Damn. Go to your local subway and look above the door when you walk in (laughs) and see what the capacity is. That's that's sitting down, so double that. That's so funny. Subway. Do you eat Subway on the road? No. No, me Well, Subway is like the worst of all the fast foods in my mind. The worst? The worst. I truly mean that. Oh, no way. No? No. What's the bottom for you? Burger King. BK, dude. It's the worst. I I will go down on some BK Fresh. That <sighs> is... <sighs> BK is brutal. I almost threw up last time I ate <laughs> <laughs> It's the onion yeah. rings, dude. I love them. Ugh. Yeah. I'm sorry. What's your number one fast food? Number one fast food is Taco Bell. It's garbage and I TV. love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's like a, I'm probably drunk, and if I'm not, I wish I was. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'll be like, oh, let's get Taco Bell, and I get like a Crunchwrap Supreme, which Mm -hmm. is my go-to, and I'm just eating it, and I'm halfway through, and I'm like, this isn't food. It's not. It's not. Well, it is food, but for animals. I go back to it so often. It is food. Dog food. (laughs) It's dog food. It is. And I'm going to, like, within a month, go there again. Because I I have no problem loving fast food. But Seattle has so many good late night spots. They do. It's so I don't great. find myself needing fast food in the middle of the night in Seattle. No. But a lot of places on tour, you just get 
high and dry. Totally. It's midnight and you're in somewhere in Sure, you you be Kansas. in that, you're in that town and it's six o'clock at night and you have the same options at two o'clock in the morning. Like there is no you food get that's Mickey D's, Wendy's, Taco Bell, Jimmy John's or Subway. Yep. Probably an Olive Garden, which is a huge mistake. Oh I'm sorry. I wanna change my bottom. Olive Garden is my bottom. It's like expensive. it's not fast food, but it is worse than it. It's slow fast food. Yeah. Ugh. It's school zone food. Dude. It's terrible. It's so bad. I never went to I think I went to Olive Garden for the first time like two years ago with my wife's family. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was it was Who chose it? Uh one of them. Okay. Your I, wife or one of the One of the family. I don't know. Okay. I doubt it was Heather. I think parents like Olive Garden. Yeah. When you're there, family. And they're already family, just trying to make it feel like it. You know? Isn't it kind of expensive for what it is? I have no idea. Kaylee and I went to Olive Garden on our last tour, and I think it was one of the worst eating experiences <laughs> we've ever had. So we sit down. Well, we know we were getting into. It's Olive Garden. Right. We're not unaware of what an Olive Garden is. But so we sit down, and I think our our waiter was probably nineteen, and he was really nervous. We might have been his first table ever, which I've been there. I've worked in food service sure. a long time. Everyone and, should. Yeah, and uh, so I order a Peroni, a beer, an Italian beer in an Italian restaurant, and he didn't know what that was. So he had to go get someone and, like, figure out what a Peroni was. So he finally, he understands that it's a beer. And as he's bringing it over to the table, it just slides right off the tray, right onto us. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's that's strike one. Yeah. Strike two. <laughs> strike two. This is recent. This is, like, within the last year? Oh, this is, like, within the last two months. Oh, my yeah. God. Strike two... As we're ordering, he keeps giving us, like, these sales pitches, like, about their desserts and about their specials and all this stuff. It sounds like he's just reading cue cards, like, yeah. <laughs> in a presidential address. <laughs> um, and then, so we, we finally get our order, and it's kind of expensive. I think we, it was, like, $60 when we walked out of there. And we got Damn. two beers and, like, two mid-priced pasta dishes, which is way too much to pay for. Yeah, that's garbage. crazy town. Yeah. And then he gives us, so now they have these little, like, iPad stations for checking out. Like, you don't even actually get a, a ticket anymore, like a oh, bill. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So he puts this little thing, in this little TV in front of us, basically, that's attached to your table. He turns it around. So every TV's got an iPad built into it? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. What? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, which is just terrible customer service. Ugh. In my opinion, like if I'm if I'm gonna tip you, well if there I is, always tip. Well, if there is an iPad at the table, then truly when you're there, you're family because that's a family. Yeah. If you're like, ah, I'm gonna play with this at the table. Well played. Yeah. 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 But it, it was so weird because you so you check out on this iPad now, which makes it feel like a gas station to me, dude. You know, you put in your zip code and press eighty-seven. It's that. It's that <sighs> at Olive Garden now. That's crazy. It was terrible. And we felt Press like garbage. Press the year you were born? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was born in 87. Nice. Are Nailed you? it. No, 89. Ah. Young buck. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, are you 30? I will or... be 30 this year. Hey. Yeah, November. Whoa. Yeah. 
What's that like? I'm really ready to be 30. Yeah. Yep. You gonna cut your hair? Nope. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> um, 30 to me, some people are really nervous about it. Or nervous about what it means or something yeah. like that. Maybe nervous not to be in their 20s anymore. Some sort of a crisis going on. Sure. I don't have it. I have, I have no qualms. I'm 28 and I could, I'm so ready. I don't care. 30 looks great. People yeah. are in their 30s look hot. People in their 30s are happy and they're buying homes and they're yeah. doing fun things. I like I like 29 a lot more than I like 19. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more me. Yeah. I mean, there is this concept out there. I don't know if it's true, but there's like this concept. I, where do, You know when you're about to say something and you realize where do I have this idea of knowledge from? Anyways, here we go. There's this concept out there that 19 is like the peak of males like physical capabilities and like when you are the fittest that you'll be where like puberty has like maximized and then your body begins to um stop that growing process physically and so like that's when your muscle growth is less stimulated that's so young though i know it's so young i i think it's like 19 for men and a little bit later for women. But, like, you know, wow. you think that only a few hundred years ago... I would we... think women would be earlier. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm know. wrong. This is, again... I feel like all the I women... I don't know. I'm not citing my sources. Women... This is bullshit that I'm spouting off. I don't know. Well, let's but, make like, it up. people were dying so yeah. much younger. Like, you're mm-hmm. like, I'm t- turning 30. Maybe I'll be dead soon in the 1600s or the 1500s. Yeah. You know? It's weird that we even allow ourselves to think that we can do things in our 30s. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, both of us are in good health, and we're nearing 30, and we're expecting to do things in our 30s. Yeah. That's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. We're like, expecting to live till 40. Right. Right now That's should expect- be the time when you're really establishing your lineage, because soon you'll yeah. be gone, and someone needs to carry forward your Yeah. Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank God I don't have a kid. I mean, having yeah. a kid would be great, yeah. but I just don't want one right now. Yeah, I'm not mature enough. No. I don't think. I mean, I, I'm sure. Sure. It's like one I, of the, I could do it. Do but. you feel like if, like, you, you know, that's the knocking on wood. If yeah. you were, like, tomorrow, like, oh, we're having a kid. Yeah, I could fully get on board. Sure. Yeah. I wouldn't choose that right now, but right. I would like to have kids at some point. Yeah, that's yeah. part of that process in yeah. your mind? Yeah, for That's sure. part of the, this is the vision of myself and, and what I see as kind of the yeah. fullness of my life. A couple kids, maybe. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Why, uh, I've been talking about this, I was talking about this with my family because someone were in town, we were talking about, like, Heather and I have uh-huh. talked a lot about, like, you know, we could adopt Mm-hmm. Or we could, like, like we were like, we're going to wait until we're really ready. And if by the time we're really ready, that's no longer, like, a physical option for us, then we'll probably adopt, unless we feel differently by then. And that's okay. Like, I feel like we feel really passionate right now about having kids, but not hindered in our passion to make an action that we're not ready for. And I feel mm-hmm. like I see this beauty in more and more people just kind of being like, yeah, I know what I want, but, like, We'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, a, a the yeah, concept of a family can look so, so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting seeing so many kids grow up 
just now that we're in our late 20s, mm-hmm. the, my friends that had kids when they were anywhere from 16 to now, basically, seeing what their kids are like. Because right. you know that you know the parent, and you can see how much of that becomes the kid. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's just sort of interesting social... Um, observation yeah i, I think, love it it's i think so cool. i think that absolutely i think that i've got some of my dear friends that had kids right after high school mm-hmm. and i i see their lives right now i think that this is what i love about seeing those people turn 30 is now their kids are going to school and they're able to re they're they've been re-engaging with some things that they hadn't been doing before and they're yeah. excellent at it because they had a lot of time they had some time to think about that and they've been really excited to like have that be a part of their life again and like yeah. balance that within being a parent. And I think that it's so easy to be like, mm, I didn't do that. And like view yourself as higher on the hierarchy. But really it's just like, no, like you are very much the same. Like those people are the people coming to your shows is the people who are like, I got a babysitter so I could come to this show. Yeah, the early show. Yeah, yeah. so... Better not think that you're better yeah. than them, but like, what a what a cool thing. That's a life experience that we'll never have because we just never did that. That's yeah. a whole story concept that's completely outside of our perspective. You're right. Yeah. My thing though is that I want to get as much perspective as I can as a as single adult mm-hmm. before I have kids. Right. Because I want to be able to give my kids as much knowledge as I can I want to travel as much as I can I want to release as much music as I can mm-hmm. I want to meet as many people and go to as many shows as I can because I I do feel like if I if I had kids when I was 20 or 21 or somewhere in that range mm-hmm. I wouldn't have that much to give to them right. I mean I would always be a step ahead of them until they're maybe 18 yeah. and then we're just even for the rest right. of our then lives then they're beating you at basketball yeah, yeah, but I wanna I wanna just have more to give to my kids. There's, sure. I have nothing against people having kids young, but I personally, and my wife Alex feels this way too. That if and when we have kids, we wanna be able to give them the more, like a bit more. Right. I guess I think that that's the that's the point though. Is you clarified that by saying saying, but for me, and I think that that's a big thing. Is saying like. Yeah. I can know my own truth and I can know that you have your own truth and both of those are good and yeah. different and like I don't have to look down on you or think myself better because I'm doing that this different way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, people are really smart and I'm not right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can complete I am exactly on the same page with you. Yeah. That's why I'm making the life choices that I'm making. Yeah. So what? So what? So what? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I want to, I want to go travel as much as possible. Yeah. Where's the, where's the spot for you? Where's like the, this is the, the place I really wish or really want to go to that I've never been. Is there a, um, let's see. I've been fortunate enough to travel quite a bit Mm -hmm. already. Um, but I would like to go to Australia, the West coast well, I guess actually the, probably the east coast of Australia. Sure. I would like to drive that. Mm-hmm. That's I, the Great Barrier Reef side of Australia. I think so, yeah. yeah. Like Brisbane and all that. Yeah. Um, I want to go spend more time in Southeast Asia. Mm. I want to spend more time in east, like Eastern Europe. Sure. 
So you spent already some time in Southeast Asia. Only Thailand. Yeah. Oh, only Thailand. Mm-hmm. Cool. What brought yeah. you to Thailand? It was a honeymoon. Oh, that's right. Honeymoon adventure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you and Alex were telling me about that, I yeah. think, when I was over at your little house party the last time yeah. after you got back. Yeah, we spent a few weeks there. It was kind of a honeymoon at times, and it was just a backpacking trip at other times. Mm-hmm. It was kind of split half and half. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did that, and then we had some friends living in India, so we went to India for 10 days or so, mm. which was crazy, and then we came back. Dude. Yeah, but I, luckily with like music and stuff, I've been fortunate enough to go to 49 states with music and or just traveling on my, on my own. Wait, and so Alaska or Hawaii? Oh North, no, Hawaii. North Dakota. North Dakota. <laughs> Good guess. I was like, no wait, I know that you were just in Alaska recently, so I took that off mm-hmm. the list because mm-hmm. you were there with your dad. Yeah, fishing trip. Um, that was in Montana, but I went. Oh, I did go right, right, right. to Alaska with my dad last summer. We rode mm. motorcycles. Okay. In Alaska. Well, my well. dad is a big motorcycle rider and always has been, and it rubbed off on me. So. Dude, that's great. I love motorcycles. You got that sweet Honda out there? Yeah. It looks super good. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, do you know, he actually lives really close to us, Dustin. Um, he is, oh, I can't remember his last name. He recently changed his last name um, to his mother's maiden name. Um, but it is Abby Gunderson's hub, husband. Oh, he, I've met him one time. Yeah. I don't know him. He's though. a huge motorcycle enthusiast as well. And yeah. He's really cool. I met I him once like at a show, but yeah. I, I don't know him. He did the yeah. podcast recently. If I look oh, cool. on the podcast, I'm like, that's what his new last name is. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, super, you guys would get along really, really yeah. well. And he lives very close to you. Nice. Make the intro. Dude, I'm going to yeah. make that happen. Right. He's, he's cool. Check out, check that out. Um, yeah. Check him out. Check him check out. Check out my site. Yeah. <laughs> dude, 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 dude. I don't know where you're going to check him out. <laughs> Facebook, social media. That's a weird thing that you can check people out. Like, you can yeah. check them out like a band. Like, to the same extent that you could check out a band yeah. a decade ago, you can check out literally anything. What yeah. is that? That product? What is that? Shit on the ground? I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's got. there's an app for that. It's weird when you see people around town that you've seen in your friend's photos. Mm. And you feel like you kind of know them, but you don't. Have you, you said hi to someone don't. before like that? No, I, I haven't. I Luckily. totally have. You have? Recently... Um, I was at this event where um, the school that I had worked at before, a bunch of kids were graduating from it. So I went to that high school graduation. It was very cool. And a friend of mine who he used to work with, okay. he was there with his girlfriend. And she was somebody he recently started dating. And I, was, I just walked up and I was like, hey, good to see you, person's name. And they were like, uh, hi. And I was like, yeah. We've met. How much time have you spent on Instagram? And then they were like, oh, okay. (laughs) And like, as soon as I walked away, I was like, no, we've never met. In my mind, I was like, you just saw her in posts. In photos. And remembered her name. Like, as somebody who's bad at names, I remembered like, oh, that's your name from her tag. Makes everyone a celebrity, right? Dude. It makes me feel like a super big creeper. I felt like such a creep. That's like the... That's not creepy. Oh, okay. Thank you. I really don't think it's creepy. Because if people post photos with them and their significant other or whatever, that's... They're releasing that. They're saying, here, know this. Okay. I'm going to not feel bad. Yeah, I'm going to think about that when I'm in bed trying not to feel anxiety. (laughs) Thanks. You gave me some ammunition. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's creepy. Cool. I mean, it is weird that that's a thing, but everyone's on that same... Playing field. Mm-hmm. 
That's the thing you do. They, what? Compliment giving. You're a compliment giver. Am I? Yes, I've totally caught this oh, before. Stop it. No, I really like it. It's something I try, I've been trying to do more often, and like, especially on this podcast, but... Huh. I think that you're someone who gives compliments. I'm a pessimist. Don't. No. <laughs> no what? You can be a. You can absolutely be a pessimist and also recognize and vocalize the good qualities in others. That is completely allowed. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. I so you I, just complimented me back. You know, it's that complimentary behavior that we're talking about taking drinks at the same time. I'm mm-hmm. just mirror neuroning what you already did. I kind of drug you into that one, though. Right? You did. Yeah. yeah. Feel pretty drug. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty pissed. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. I I feel like this was fun. Do you have, yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like this is the podcast. Yeah. I what, feel like we did what it. What else do you do on this podcast? I don't know. Just, is talk, there just shoot the shit. No, this is it. Do you okay. have cool stuff coming up that you want? I mean, you recorded. You have an album coming out soon. Sure. Have you announced it? No. You want to do it right here, right now? No. All right. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so. laughs> uh, we did record it. Yeah. In Austin, Texas. Right. And... Very happy with what I've heard so far. Um, I think we got some great stuff. We did ten new songs, and one of them's coming out as a single sooner than later. And nice. our friend Ben just shot a music video for it mm. in our basement, and he, yeah, I've seen the rough edit of that. It's all in the works Dude, right now. That's so great. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm really excited to listen. I mean, it's yeah. been like. Yeah, because it's been like three years since you guys put out the last thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I feel like that's an appropriate and pretty regular amount of time, but I also am surrounded by musicians that are putting out stuff so fast. I think I want to start cranking a little harder now. Yeah? Yeah. I think three years is a really good time for like Native Sibling stuff, hmm. but there's so much time in between. Hmm. Kind of. Do you feel like the person who wants to be having multiple projects simultaneously? I've always been that person until this project. Mm. When I lived in LA, I always had like two or three, maybe four or five things going on. Really? Yeah. This having the podcast is my first like endeavor into trying to like diversify and be like, I'm doing this musical act, and then I'm also yeah. doing this other artistic thing, and like within the very much idea like, and I could, I guess I could also do other musical things that I want to do as well because yeah. last time we were hanging out, I was talking about how I really want to try at some point to be in a supporting role because I've always been in the lead role in a band where I'm um, front manning or a front man role. Yeah. But which is kind of annoying sometimes. I mean, I'm tired. I'm tired. But I love it. I I like it. It's like being your own boss where people want to be your own boss. But at some point you've got it. You're the only person cutting checks. Yeah. Like I'm the only person creating Mm. like the the genesis of a song. And so if I'm not doing that, there's not going to be new songs. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I would love to just be, it's just hard as you get older, to be to get to be in the front of a band and get people that are your age, because as you get older you get better, mm-hmm. and all of a hopefully. sudden yeah hopefully and all of a sudden like eighteen year old drummers don't sound that good anymore, <laughs> unless they're great, but when people are twenty six or twenty seven they have a lot of other things going on in their life mm-hmm. and they need some sort of. Um, money and heads up and time before you can go out on tour and stuff like that. Totally. Some level of comfort. hmm And, which is hard to give people in a baby band. Absolutely. Probably any band. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've noticed that, like, being, being a front man, like, now that I'm almost 30, it's hard to get people on board 
to do like kind of crazy stuff R- really really yeah that isn't their songs when they're also 29 or 30 totally they're like mm, yeah i want to I kind of want to do the thing that feels pretty good. Yeah. I totally get that. I think I've got a really rare group. I you think do. that that makes yeah. it feel like I can relate to what you're saying on but a But you guys all write and stuff. Yeah. All of them are... I, I'm writing, like, the initial point, but even now we're starting to try out more. Hey, I'm... Do you want to do some jamming? Which I'm not good at. Like, that's... And we talked yeah. about this before. Like, yeah. I'm not a jammer, but, like, having somebody else yeah. play something... Jammer. No one calls people like who are doing bad jammers. <laughs> He's a jammer. That's the most unjammy thing to yeah. say. Oh uh, yeah, I'm a jammer. Yeah. What do you got? Playing some riffs. I'm a jammer with that. Riffs. Yeah. <laughs> you got some. Li- I'll lay down some licks. Yeah. I'll lay down some licks with that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, but that's that's more. You're in a band. Like ours isn't really a band. It's me and Kaylee, and then if people want to play with us, we just kind of show them the CV and say, Hey, can you learn this? Yeah. So their their involvement is extremely valuable and like you know we give them creative freedom to a certain point but totally I like like we mm. intentionally make our records sound a certain way and we're not really looking for like a complete rewrite no you're not saying hey yeah. yeah use whatever pedals you know, or what do you got a Marshall stack yeah, yeah. we'll play it in that Marshall <laughs> yeah. stack that's gonna be fine use that Charvel button yeah, yeah. come on. <laughs> Tube Screamer on all the time. It's going to be Yeah, fun. it's just... Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah. It is It is kind of fun not being in, like, a rock band. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I miss it a lot. Sure. I, I And I get that. I think... We're never loud. Mm-hmm. Not having... I, like... A lot of the writing I do comes from... Um, melodic interchange and weaving lines together and creating kind of motifs that repeat. Like, that's how I like to think about music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's the hardest thing for me when I'm playing by myself, when I'm thinking about doing these house shows and, and stuff like that, is just, like, how do I keep these parts interesting and how do I write in a way that's not complicating things unnecessarily for the instrumentation that I have? Because oh, yeah. I, I want to be weaving melodies together, and not having that, I can I can imagine, can be more difficult. Like, oh, you mean, left... like, just for mostly guitar you're talking about? Or yeah, what? mostly yeah. guitar, like, having, like, counterpoint within, like, the bass and the guitar and things like mm-hmm. that, and kind of play back and forth and, and rhythmic exchange. Like, to just have two voices and a guitar, it is less things that you have to work with if you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I can hear this thing, but there's no other pieces to play that. Yeah. So... What do I do in yeah. those moments? Yeah. Yeah, I played bass for a really long time. And I, th- I think my guitar playing in this band sounds like bass hmm. for the most part. I'm not playing melodic stuff. No, that's really interesting. I can... I really play totally a shaker with notes. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a good way to describe it. That's Which a is, really if you're good... just playing guitar by yourself, that's one way to do it. Yeah. And I think that... It it lends its way to kind of that folk style of playing where you've got like kind of that, the boom and then the shake afterwards. If you're playing yeah. like a flute, flute or something like that, where you can yeah. really feel that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna listen to your music differently after <laughs> thinking about that. That's really exciting. Yeah, I don't do anything melodic. I mean, there's like sparkly stuff over it, but sure, the meat and bones of it is not melodic. 
necessarily. When I was doing like a lot of more like folk rock stuff, I was listening to lots of like Rocky Bottoletto mm-hmm. and Elliot Smith and stuff like that, who are doing like a lot of slap picking. So that's kind oh, of yeah. the way I've always thought about it. But it's hard for me because now I recognize that I'm not really good at playing really cleanly or really intricately because I wanna like, like I'm with used... timing. Not with timing, but just with like. Um, I'll play a little bit more loosely and playing like, okay, I'm going to play like all the strings rather than being like, okay, I'm going to play this melodic part or like oh, okay. kind of do simple strums with lots of space in between. I, it can kind of be like, I can get a little bit rhythm heavy mm-hmm. in my guitar playing. That's something I'm working on. Yeah. I love rhythmic guitar. Yeah. I don't like lead guitar yeah. for the most part. Yeah. There's very few like lead guitar in, in like a modern sense like in modern bands, like there's not much lead guitar that I really love. Mm-hmm. I like the rhythm guitar. Cool. That's my thing. Is there anything that's like hitting you really hard right now? Like this, the way this guitar is sounding, the way that someone's pushing this rhythm, that's inspiring to me right now. Um, I always love um, Taylor Goldsmith, the guy from Dawes. Mm, cool. His guitar playing, I think is some of the best there I really is haven't in, in rock. Cool. In like tradi- more traditional like folk rock. Americana music. I th- it's so good. Cool. He is so good. Yeah. I'm going to check that and out. And he, he, his time is, like, incredible, and his tone is great, and he's so on. And he's singing, too. Mm. And playing the leads as well, but, yeah, he's great. That's tight. Yeah. Okay, really, I'm a, really good. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. I love his stuff. I really like, um, I don't know, I really like what the National does with their odd time signatures, but still yep. making it feel good. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm a huge National fan. I feel the same way about the National that I feel about um, uh, Frightened Rabbit. Mm. Like, very, very different styles, but I feel like I get the exact same energy from that music and feel like there's a lot of similarities within the guitar. Really? Yeah. Huh. I would have made that. Yeah, that's what I think. That's cool. That's just how I feel. Yeah. (laughs) That's how you feel. (laughs) That's just how I feel. Yeah. Cool, dude. Llama Dawes. Dawes? Yeah. Dawes. Yeah. Cool. I've only listened to like Dawes like a couple times here or there. Like they I love know. them. They're so good. Nice. I can't yeah. even think about what they sound like at all. Start on the earlier stuff and work your way up. Deal. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, uh, let's be done with this podcast thing. Okay. This feels pretty good. Let's I liked cut, it. Let's cut it off. Let's get out of here. <laughs> all right. Cheers, dude. Woo. Yeah.